Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, I had a word for SLC and then I was up there, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, don't think this is just for, this is for True North. And so now that we hung out and knocked this out of the park for the truest north, which is until Idaho, you know, it's going to be uh, SLC. I'm here talking to my family at, at Bressy Ranch in Balboa. And if you're new here tonight, then um, you know what? Come back on Sunday. It's going to be radical. We have one of Pastor Jurgen's greatest friends, Pastor Mike Kai, out of Inspire Church. And he really does inspire. And he's from Hawaii. And he's going to come over here and drop it like it's hot. So, you know, if you can't really handle tonight, it was like too much for you to take it all at once. Come back on Sunday just for another dose of the Holy Ghost. So it'll be good. But we're in a series right now called Save a City. And, uh, man, I've really just been messed up by it, to tell you, tell you the truth. And then, you know, it was my 16-year anniversary on uh, Friday. And, uh, yeah, I know some of you legends out there have been married way longer. I get it. It's like we just got our driver's license for marriage. So, you know, we're not in a fight right now. My wife's at home with my two little kids that are expressing symptoms. So they got a little adjustment before they came. Now they're going to express the power of the body to heal itself. Hi, babe. And, um, you know, I just didn't want you to think we got in a fight right before church. Because, you know, but the only time that you'll really, if you know that we're in a disagreement, I don't call it, uh, you know, really a fight. It's called very good communication, but one wasn't receiving it. And that's just, if you ever see me walking along the 78, the most likely thing that happened is my wife said, get out of the car. And listen, I'm not going to make her come out because I'm a gentleman. So just somebody pick me up. I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not ashamed about it. It's fine. Just pick me up and then we'll work it out on the way. And then I promise you by the time we get here, we'll hug it out. It's just, you know, I can't walk 12 miles from Escondido. So just pick me up. It's no big deal. Thank you. Does that mean you'll be there? You got me. Well, one time you were with me. So I mean, like, (laughs) so yeah, we'll be walking together. Hey, there's our pastors, guys. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, please stop. So save a city, but it, it reminded me because, uh, you know, 16 years ago when I got married, I was thinking of myself pre-marriage. You know, I was thinking of myself, man, I was in college. I was thinking all the things that when you get married, like one of some of the perks and the benefits and all that kind of stuff. And I remember in college, you know, I was always on the go and it was kind of fast and I was always eating like meals in the microwave. And the one thing about the microwave, you get them quick, but the center was always cold. It drove me crazy. Now with some technology, you know, they fry every good nutrient in it. So there is no health benefits for microwave food. Shocker if you didn't know that. And I apologize if that's the first time you're hearing that. There is, you're not getting any nutrient value. And we can talk about it later. But um, I just want you to know that, that we've been deceived. Uh, but there is a warm meal going down. Probably give you energy and you'll survive another day. But um, in that, I just realized... When I got married, you know, my, my wife was learning to cook. So I went from stuff, you know, that was cold in the middle to stuff extremely burnt, which was fine because I actually now crave everything burnt. So when someone cooks me, like my buddy Kale, he'll barbecue the best stuff you've ever had. When I eat it, it was like, ah, it's not burnt enough. 
Like my tacos, they better be on fire, like burnt. Amazing. My steak is charred. Love it. Baby, I'm, you know this is true. I'm not. Why are you texting my wife? Okay. But I was thinking about it. It's kind of like grandma, man. She, she, my whole word tonight was based on that slow-cooked grandma meal because I feel like we just need to cancel microwave mentality. We're living in a microwave mentality right now where we want it now, we got to hurry up. Like Starbucks, man, they got me a drink in literally 35 seconds, and I did have the thought it wasn't fast enough. I, I was like, I so, why? That was the fastest coffee I ever got, but it wasn't fast enough. Felt like I was going to be late to church. I could have given room for more margin, but no, I was judging the guy because it took 36 seconds. I went to this place the other night in Rancho Bernardo, and, and uh, the guy came out, and I could just tell because we were there. It was on date night, and there was like 15 minutes before they closed, and he goes, man, pizzas take like 40 minutes here. I looked at him, and I was like, well, I've owned pizza restaurants my whole life. I can do it in 12 minutes. You want me to fire somebody and cook it for you? Like, you're going to go out of business if it takes 40 minutes. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. And then I could tell my wife she was naughty because I was like, oh, I'll just get something else. She's like, we'll take two pizzas. Well, there went my come to my church on Sunday comment. <laughs> Babe, why'd you do that? Just because he said 40 minutes. You know it takes 12, exactly. But listen, grandma's, grandma's slow cook. You know when you went home from college, grandma or your mom would just make you this meal, but she'd start on Friday for Sunday afternoon. And it was like the best meal you've ever had, and that got you through another three months at college, suffering. You come back and you're away. I'll never forget my, my mom's like, hey, do you want cookies right now? Because I could, or do you want orange bow knots? I was like, orange, I have to wait till tomorrow morning though, because you got to let them rise overnight. And she goes, yeah, that's true. Mom, I'm taking the orange bow knots. I'm only home once this year. Orange bow knots. Best orange bow knot you've ever had in your life. You've never had an orange bow knot? It's a piece of heaven. It's a piece of heaven. Samuel, you and I will not be good for the waistline if you and I learn how to make them. <laughs> Calm down, calm down. But we're in this Save a City message, and I want to tell you that I hear a lot of people say, hey, let's save a city, but they can't even disciple themselves. Let's save a city, but we can't even fast for a day for them. They say, let's save a city. You know, it's this microwave mentality like, hey, we're in this whole save a city thing, but we haven't invited one person to church. When's the last time someone that you brought came to the connect group? And I'm not saying a judgmental thing, but everyone's been so hyped on like, we're saving a city. Yeah. Are you registered to vote? Because <laughs> yeah. they say 35% or what's the stat of Christians aren't registered to vote in the state of California. Yeah. That, that's somewhere. I just got to know like, yeah. what are we going to do about it? Right. So I just want tonight our heart to get in alignment with what our lips are saying. If we're saying, let's save a city, then what are we doing to save a city? Are we the invitation? I just don't want us to have a lot of gifts in this house and we microwave them. A lot of us want to be developed quick, like, hey, why haven't you put me up to do a tithe message? Why do I have to go through this thing and sit for like three months of orientation before I can be on the worship team? I could hit some drums. We want this microwave. Hey, put me in to speak at DNA. Hey, I want to lead things. It's like microwave, microwave. But there's a process to the kingdom. And I want us to do it right because if God can trust a church, I want him to be the church he trusts. When, we, when he sends out a thing, hey, I need my kids looked after in this city. 
I want him to look no further than this, this church. I remember Pastor Jurgen saying something. He goes, listen, I wasn't his first choice for San Diego. I wasn't his second choice for San Diego. I probably wasn't his top 100 choice, but I'm determined to be his last choice. And I thought, man, when he said that, I can follow a man that thinks like that. Now, if we can disciple and raise up a church that's into that slow cooking and trust the process, we can get somewhere. Because listen, there is a gifting on the inside of you. And as a shepherd, my job is to slow cook it well so it can handle where God wants to take you. But how many know sometimes when you give the keys to a 16-year-old too soon, that car might not look the same. So the word for this church is we need to learn to marinate in what God has for us. Let your gift marinate. Man, my grandma would let that thing marinate for two days. Some of you have already started preparing your turkey for Thanksgiving, and I want you to invite me. It's already marinating somewhere. I mean, there, it's like some people just throw it in a fryer or nothing. You could tell. Don't invite me. I'm not offended. Invite people you don't like. They probably need food. But I'm just saying, those that marinate. If you've had real fried chicken, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you I could tell don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. The, the Bible talks about every one of us having talent. And I want to tell a little story, but I want you to hear this. Can you be faithful to let people disciple you? Can you be faithful to have people coach you? Can you be faithful to have people speak into your life? You know, I watch more people that have a gifting take themselves off the marinating table and put themselves back in the microwave. It's not always comfortable to be on the slow cook. It's not always comfortable to be marinated for the purposes of God. You know, I look at that story. I was just going through the Bible in a year, and, and for those of you that are trying to catch up, just hurry up. Me too, okay? But don't judge yourself. Don't judge me. But, but uh, I'm pumped because we've been going through this Bible in a year, and it's such good discipline to get up and get in the Word. And as I, I do, when I see Pastor Jurgen doing his post, I was like, oh, babe, come on. It's like, let's get in it again. And I realized that's not her responsibility. It's mine. I got to get after it. But it's so good, so I'm getting after it again. I'm reading Genesis, and God starts downloading and about this message about marinating. And Genesis 45, it's when, it's when Joseph comes to see his brothers for the first time. But let me tell you about Joseph. He had a gifting on his life at 17. He knew he had this looking good. He had his own robe made, the jacket, the technicolor jacket. There's been plays written about him, songs written about him. But Joseph of 17 was the man having dreams, and he was telling his brothers all those dreams. He wanted everyone to know that, man, people are going to bow down to him. 17, he had the gift, but how many know that gift needed some maturing? Some of you know you have a gift. It could be to sing. It could be to worship. It could be to dance. It could be to act. It could be to preach the gospel. It could be to lead people. It could be whatever your gifting is. Are we going to let that gift marinate in, in the Lord's house so we could do and purpose it for what he has? You know, you know, Pastor Mike Yeager was saying today, some of the greatest artists, R&B artists, started off in the house. But because it wasn't discipled well for whatever reason or whatever their story is, they took that gift to the world. 
instead of letting that gift be developed in the right house and having the right pastors develop them. I watched the movie Elvis on the plane to Salt Lake City. Man, I was so pumped. I had 40 minutes left when we landed. I was so irritated. I didn't care how much it was in that hotel. If it was $100, I would have paid for it. I needed that last 40 minutes. But I knew zero of Elvis. But he grew up in an impoverished area in, in a black community, and he just got his rhythm. He got his funk. He got his sole purpose in that place, and he didn't regret it. It made him who he was. And he brought, matter of fact, he broke segregation. He didn't see color. He saw family, and he just let it shine, and he was manipulated and abused and all that stuff, but he let that gift go, and it was funny. You know where he got it first? He found his way into a revival tent with some gospel-singing, soul-searching sisters, and they prayed for him. He got slain in the spirit, and they show it on the movie. Slain in the spirit, and he was like, there he goes. He's got the anointing. The gift of him came out of the house, but it wasn't sheltered, preserved, or protected. His mama did the best job she could. Good. But it was amazing to see what he was for the world. Wow. It wasn't just a pelvic thrusting dude singing random songs. No, he had some soul and an anointing on him that was infectious. And he was unlocking people and people were getting healed and set free. B.B. Wow. King became an inspiration to him, but B.B. Wow. King says he was an inspiration to me. It was amazing to see the history of Elvis. But what a shame that someone robbed his soul and the devil took him out. I want to make sure the next Elvis coming out of this church, we're going to guard, protect, hone, disciple, keeping the slow cooker so every one of those gifts. But I want you to hear this because, you know, in the story in Genesis 45, and it's where I'm starting, it's very specific because Joseph was thrown under the bus at 17 with the gift. His brothers threw him and sold him into slavery in a foreign land at 17 years old. Some of you have been complaining things aren't moving fast enough in your business or in your life or whatever it is. But let me tell you, Joseph laid down his life. As soon as he got to Egypt, he got thrown under the bus again. He's like, look at my gift. And this girl said, I am looking at this gift. <laughs> I wanted a piece of that gift. But look at the character and the development that he said no. He kept his mouth silent because he knew what was right and wrong. And she would have been killed. So he kept his mouth silent. And he went to jail and missed his 20s. He missed his 20s. He knew he had a gift in jail. He started having dreams. He never gave up on God. He didn't get bitter at God. He didn't get bitter because his dream of 17, everyone's going to bow down to me. Now he's in jail, wrongly accused. His brothers hate him. This wasn't turning out like the life he had wanted when he had those dreams, putting on his bad boy jacket. Let me tell you, he was in that jail cell, but instead of getting bitter, he got better and started processing leaning into God, not leaning away from God. He started saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and if this is where you have me, then this is where I'm going to slow cook and marinate so you can work on whatever needs to be worked on. And let me tell you, at the right time, at the right season, when the marinating was going on, when he was 28 years old, remember, came down, sold into slavery at 17, missed his whole 20s in jail. Some of you were just ticked off. Things aren't moving in two years. I've been in business two years. Man, why is it not blowing up? <laughs> well, maybe you need to slow cook a little more and get some wisdom around some smart people in my church. Why don't you get around and ask some better questions? But then what happens is he starts having dreams. Blah, blah, blah. He gets out at 30 and gets promoted to number two in the most powerful land in the world. Listen, there is some... Slow cooking marination going on that tasted good to Pharaoh. Yeah. And he said, I see what gift you have going on. Mm, I'm going to put you in a place I think you can handle. But that's still not the God story. 
See, the God story isn't that. He's still a, a young kid that missed his 20s now. Maybe he's thinking life is over. I'm 30. And then all of a sudden, he has this dream about seven years of plenty, seven years of lean. He's in charge of that, still missing his family, wondering, God, why did you send me down here? What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Sure, I'm going to save. I'm going to make sure people eat and don't starve and all this stuff. But it still wasn't close enough to him, but he was marinating more. And for seven years, he was now 37 years old. Then it went into the seven years of famine. It was two years into the seven years of famine, still cooking, that in Genesis 45, I encourage you to go read it. He says, everyone out of the room. This is my family. And he revealed his identity because his brothers came at 39 years old. He went to jail at 17 because of them. Let me tell you, if those family would have showed up at 20, he'd still have unforgiveness, bitterness, things in his heart. God had to get all that unforgiveness out of him, all that bitterness towards his brothers out of him. God had to see, hey, man, I'm using you. I'm using you. What your enemies meant to destroy you, I have Romans 8, 28 in your life, but you don't know Romans. That's the New Testament. Don't worry, you will. And I want to tell you that I'm turning all things working out all things together for good because you love me. Because you love me, I'm going to work it all out for you. And you stayed faithful and you forgave your family, you forgave your brothers, and now I'm going to use you in the most powerful God story you've ever heard. They're going to come to you begging for mercy. And that dream you had, that gift you had when you were 17, you're now going to work that gift out. They will bow down to you. But you're not going to be in a place of immaturity and ego and pride. And yeah, they're going to bow down to me. You're going to be humbled because of the years that I process you and slow cook you like grandma's meal. And if we can allow God to slow cook us and process us, we will have God stories that we could never wrap our mind around, that we could never even imagine what God could do in your life if you can trust him. I'm going to tell you, too many Christians don't allow themselves to be developed, to marinate, to sit until the time is ready that the gift can be used for God's calling. What kind of Christian do you want to be? Fold like a deck chair under pressure when things get tight? Worry what's going on in the, in the country when things get wacky? We start praying, Lord, just come rescue us now. Come home early. I Just take me to heaven. Or do you say, use me, God, to make a difference in the land? Right now, we might be going into the lean. Can he use you to trust you? Has he given you wisdom and discernment to do things that no one else understands? Some of you are going to see things in business you've never seen before, and you're going to tell someone else in this church that marinates that, that believes in you, that's going to speak life into you, that's going to prophesy over you. And instead of saying, no, you can't, we're going to say, yes, you can. And when you get that yes, you can in your spirit, Stuff is going to come alive, and you're going to have men's prayer. You're going to come around, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe in you. We're going to link arms with you. And even if you have a down day, we'll make sure you're not down for long. That's the brotherhood of a community. That's why we have a sisterhood on Thursdays. But it's up to you to get there. That's why we hold an emerge night. It's up to you to be your friends that probably would never come to church, never come to a prayer meeting. But they'll go eat food for free and do push-ups and get sweaty and eat 42 hot dogs and see if they don't throw up for a prize and a new TV. But they won't come to church. And then they'll leave there and go, that's church? Huh. And they start to marinate. And if you can love them through the uncomfortable marination point, it just might stick into a flavor that God can use for his kingdom. I want to tell you that Joseph not only saved his family, not only saved a city, he influenced a region because of his faithfulness. I don't want to be lip service saying save a city. That's why I love Pastor Jurgen. I'm going to let you know, and I probably shouldn't even tell you this because it's going to be a surprise or it's going to be announced in a few weeks, but I'm going to tell you now because I can't handle it. Come on, come on, come on. 
I want you to know that why I love Pastor Jurgen is not because he loves us so much, not because he prophesies, not because he takes territory, but he'll have a dream from God and know how big or how scary or how it looks like. He says, if the Lord's for me, who or what can be against me, bring it to the team. Hey, can you guys wrap your head around this? I feel like the Lord's saying we're going to save a city. We've been preaching about it for four weeks. But I had a revelation, I think we can do it. And so we went to try to get this venue. They said no to us, and they didn't know we friends with Kelly Shackerford. So Kelly Shackerford just went, wrote a letter. They said, we're going to reverse our decision. We're sorry. And I want to tell you on December 2nd, or December 3rd, December 3rd, we just signed the biggest contract that we've ever done in our life. It's called a faith test. It's a faith test for this right here. And we're going to do a night of Christmas at the largest outdoor venue in the city of San Diego. What does that mean? What does that mean? I want, to, I want you to know that when you walk into this, we're going to have all our missions out here with all our tents and all our support. Are going to, we're trying to get our orphans over here, and they're going to sit right up front so all our orphans can have a night of Christmas. We're going to tell the Christmas story. It's going to preach the gospel, the good news. We're going to have a fireworks show. We're going to have other surprises because I'm not going to spill the beans on everything. It's going to rattle you. But guess what? You don't save a city unless you're the invitation. You can show up or you can make a day of it. Because you can go to lunch downtown. You can take friends downtown. You can love up on all your unsaved atheist friends that don't believe in nothing. You go, hey, let's go stop by this park. These aren't the drones you're looking for. Let's go sing Christmas carols together. Come on, let's light a candle of hope together. And you're going to walk in and they're going to see the night of Christmas like they've never seen it. To tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see thousands to give their life to the Lord. That's called saving a city. But I want to tell you something. I'm not telling you this to impress you, but to impress upon you that we've been marinating for 17 years, that we didn't start off in a little thing in, in, in Mission Valley, or I mean in Sorrento Valley at a Marriott, and we, he was thinking, we're going to save a city. He's like, I want to make an impact. Yep. We got to start a campus. We took down a campus, and then God said, your four campuses surround the city, and when we surrounded the city with four campuses, then God said, take 16 campuses. Now go fortify yourself in other states that you can make a stand so they don't flip to evil, but flip it for good. Yeah. I'm going to send you the right people. And during a famine, 2020, I'm going to send you alphas and women that had know how to pray. I'm going to send you mighty men that want to fight for their families. I'm going to send you men and women that are going to make a stand. Your place is going to get radical. You're going to be a beacon of light. You're going to be a place of hope. You're going to be the greatest hope dealership California has ever seen. And when you're marinating long enough, and I know I could trust you, and you shepherd well, and you look after my kids, you look after my lost, you give them hope, you infuse, infuse them with strength, you infuse them with courage to be brave, I will give you something that no one else has ever done in this city so you can make a bold statement and shine my light bright. That's what that's about right there. So you need to put your calendar. You need to change your plans. You need to get ready for a radical Christmas for a city, for a city. Man, I want to see people getting delivered. I'm inviting Nathan Fletcher. I'm inviting Todd Gloria for the front row because I care about my city and you're in seats of power. 
So I will be the invitation to you in love and grace, and I hope you have a great time because that's where God can show up in their life and soften a heart to come together and know that we're not this church that's trying to stir hate. We're a church that's trying to be a message of faith, hope, and love. And if you can understand that, I want to end with this in Romans. And you guys can stand to your feet while I read this because some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to hear this. And then I'm going to ask my ministry team to come forward, and I want you to receive prayer. If you know you need to be marinating, you got to get back on that potter's wheel, come down for prayer. If you know that you've been harboring bitterness or you've been upset at God, or you've been mad at yourself or there's been some unforgiveness, I don't care, parent, I need you to come let it go. As we move into November, we got to posture ourselves with gratitude in our heart. Wake up and put on some glasses of gratitude. You can do that. Symbolism or a friend started a company and it's called Gratitude and he really does sell glasses because he wants you to look through the lens of gratitude. I want you to stand for something this grateful season, this season of Thanksgiving. And as we posture our heart for Thanksgiving, God gets us ready to move into December where there's more suicides in December. There's more heart attacks on Christmas Day than any other day the rest of the year, 60% increase. And I don't think it's just because they're stressed. I think it's because they're really brokenhearted. And I want to be a church that can see the pain and see the hurt and not shy away from it, not bring religion into it, but be a church that's going to love people right into the arms of Jesus. What's that look like? Go after the people where you've been a little shy before. Just be the invitation. It's just saying, hey, why don't you come to this Christmas thing? It's outside downtown. The Rady Shell is the largest outdoor theater in the nation. And we're going to use it for his glory. The wealth of the sinner built up for the righteous. Romans. Romans, Paul says, is what every church needs to start with this foundational teaching. Martin Luther King says, without Romans, there is no revival in the church. If I can get every one of us to study Romans, know Romans, shove it into our heart, Romans, bleed Romans, understand it, it's going to shift something. I want to read it over you as an impartation so something moves in your heart to see things different through a different filter today. Romans 8, 31 says, what shall I say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? I want you to know that in verse 26, it says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I had the revelation of men's prayer. Every one of us are going to be in a moment of weakness. That's why filled with the Holy Spirit, I need this. We're a Holy Spirit church. If you didn't know that, now you do. If you've never been prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, I want every one of us. How do I know? Well, listen, you got a prayer language. You're praying in tongues. Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not into that. Well, you need to get into it. Oh, pastor, I don't want to. I really liked you up until this point. Come talk to me afterwards and I'll pray for you. Don't let the enemy lie to you to keep you out of what God's trying to get you into. We all need to help me. We're all going to face weakness. It says, listen, 
and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we might not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all, he knows all our hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers. And he knows that God causes everything to work together for good of those that love God and are called according to his purposes for them. For God knew his people in advance and chose to be like them and sent his son so that the son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And they called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And have given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about these such wonderful things? If God is for us, who or what can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, would, won't he also give us everything else? Why would he send his son to redeem us and then hold back on all the other blessings? Right. Know that he said you are going to be blessed. Can you receive it today? Yes. Who dares accuse a God? Us from God has chosen for his own. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who can condemn us? You know who can condemn us? No one. No one can condemn you. I need you to understand this. Because Jesus Christ died and was raised to life for us, he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. And I end on this. Listen, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Listen, even when we backslide, we fall into trouble, calamity, we make a mistake, persecuted, go hungry, destitute or endangered, threatened with death. For your sake, we are killed every day. It's just kill the flesh. But no, he will not leave you despite all these things. Overwhelming victory. Someone say victory. You need to hear this. As Christians, I had to get rid of my chip on my shoulder when I had the revelation because I realized, oh man, I get overwhelming victory, whatever I do. All right, Lord, don't humble me again. But understand this. Be humble and know that every one of you that believe in Jesus have overwhelming victory in all that you touch, all that you put your hand to, all that you go after, and you got to be okay with that blessing. you got to be okay with that blessing. Be blessed to be a blessing. Some of you need to learn to receive what overwhelming victory is about. You haven't had the revelation, but I need you to have that revelation tonight. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither fears of today, nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of all hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you receive it tonight? Come on, somebody receive it tonight. With every head head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. If you've been away from the Lord or never given your heart to the Lord and say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I need to know what overwhelming victory looks like. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you in this place saying, I want peace, I need to get some joy back. I once believed that, but it got taken from me. I want to believe again. If that's you, just raise your hand tonight. I want to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on, who else is there tonight? Thank you, young lady. Beautiful. Thank you. And for those that brought a friend that raised their hand tonight, there's nothing greater. But let's all look up here and just due to time, I want us to say this prayer. And then please come down. I'm going to ask my ministry team to come forward right now. For those of you who raise your hand, we're going to give you a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. It's not about raising your hand. 
get you into heaven, get you forgiven, get you redeemed. It's about a heart. And God's going to heal your heart tonight. For those of you that just feel discouraged where you're at in life, maybe you've just taken yourself out of that slow cooker, I want you to come get prayer tonight because I need to establish kingdom. I need to break some things off you. Maybe it's mindsets. Maybe it's some stinking thinking. Maybe it's scarcity. Maybe it's poverty mentality. Maybe there's a, a, the, there's a family curse over your life. Well, tonight I want my team to reverse the curse over your life. But for those of you that raise your hand, let's all say this prayer together. You with me? And the whole church, join me because you've said it. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. Today, I give you my heart. I want to trust you. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive overwhelming victory. Thank you that the rest of my life can be, will be, must be the best of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.